Welcome to the FarmSafe podcast brought to you by the Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health. In the blink of an eye, an injury can change your life and your farm forever. During each episode, we share firsthand stories and real life tips for making safer and healthier decisions while on the farm. Today, we are sitting down with Dr. Tom Peters to discuss technology in agriculture. Dr. Peters, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? My name is Tom Peters, and I am the Chair of Occupational Environmental Health and in the College of Public Health. And I have of many different interests, but one of them is pesticide application. Perfect. That's great. Dr. Peters has been involved in aerosol research, where he has developed methods and equipment to measure atmospheric and workplace particles. Some of his aerosol expertise was used to develop a test strategy to examine differences in pesticide drift between traditional boom sprayers on tractors and aerial applications by drones. Thank you, Tom, for speaking to us about your research in this area. For our listeners, can you describe what you were looking for in your 2021 study? We were looking at the comparison of the boom sprayers to these uncrewed aerial vehicles in order to see how does drift change? What's the drift for the larger vehicles? And how does that relate to these smaller, no boom type of drones? How did you set up equipment to measure sprayed particles in your study? And what equipment did you use? We used something that I had not used before. And these are spray cards, where these cards, when droplets land on them, they actually change the color of the card from a yellow to a bluish color. We can take those cards, we can put them in the field, in an array within the field, and then we can determine where the particles land and what happens to them, what sizes are produced, and what sizes actually land on the corn plants. We take those cards and we bring them home, and then we put them under a microscope. Actually, we put them in a scanner And we can then determine the number of pixels per each droplet that has landed. And then we can get a size distribution of these different droplets. And it helps us to determine potential for drift and also, you know, what has landed. What is pesticide drift? Yeah, so kind of going back to the basics, pesticide drift is the pesticides that move away from the field and are not landing where we want them to. Various different reasons can happen why you might have drift. Perhaps you're spraying too far away from the field or the wind is taking the droplets away. And so it's kind of a complex combination of droplet size, the application distance, and also the meteorological conditions at the same time. What are the ideal conditions for applying pesticides? The best conditions are going to be a low wind type condition. When you have low wind, you can have the droplets, even small droplets will eventually settle into the field where you want the pesticide. If you have the high wind, then you can move those droplets off from over the crop and then out to someone else's field or to other targets that you might not want to hit with pesticides. Thank you for explaining that. 
Are there any ways to determine ideal conditions when applying pesticides, like any monitors or sensors or any kind of technology that can assist with that? I think the best thing to use is some kind of a anemometer, and the anemometer has some indication of wind direction and wind speed. And so they're not very expensive, and they can be purchased from many different places, Granger, Tyson's, things like that. What were the results of your study? Did the drone do a better job spraying than a boom? One of the things that was interesting was that the boom had a lot larger droplets, and those larger droplets were falling down and going deeper into the field, which is a good thing. The droplets from the drone were smaller, and they also wound up in the field because the winds weren't so high. And the main thing is that with the boom, coverage is broader. And with a drone, you can do these key pinpoint kind of spraying. And so some of the technology is you have image recognition. So you've got a certain area of the field that has the need for pesticide where it doesn't have in other places. And so you can fly over to that area. I think the drones at this point work well in that regard. So I think there's probably a reason for both types of spraying applications. That was a great answer. Thank you. How does particle size coming out of sprayers then relate to human health hazards, either occupational or for the consumer? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) If the droplets are small enough, they can get into the respiratory system. And that's a very concerning place for them because the respiratory system is fragile. The large droplets from the boom sprayer are, they're large. Most of the very large ones are not going to get into your respiratory system. The ones that do drift are the smallest ones, unfortunately. And those are the ones that can get in, either if it's from the drone or from the boom sprayer. Both of them represent an inhalation hazard. There's also hazards of contact and dermal type of exposures. I think that they're not as important as the inhalation hazards, though. Can drones be used for other agricultural purposes besides pesticide application? Well, if we just stay on the pesticide application, we looked at corn. And I think that the company Rantizo, who gifted us the money for this study, they've been having a lot of luck with vineyards. Some more specialty places where you don't need to spray pesticide everywhere like a boom sprayer does. You can be a little bit more pinpointed are the types of areas are the most suited for drones. There are also fertilizing applications that can be pinpoint as well. Where you need more fertilizer, you can get it there in a way that's more efficient. And then the last thing would be if you have these infestations, you can find where the infestation is a lot of times by image analysis and then automatically fly a drone into the right spot and not have to cover the entire area. So by having less coverage, you're going to have less stuff emitted and you're going to have less drift. Is pesticide drift more likely with drones or with ground application? That's a bit of a tough question to answer. 
if you're doing precision spraying, you're not spraying as much. And so you have less quantity. You can have less drift because of that. The boom spray, that's going to have larger droplets. They're not going to move as far. Even though you're spraying a bigger area, you might not have as much drift. You know, we did one study. It was a relatively small study. And it depends on how you have your nozzles set up. And it depends on if you're trying to cover the entire field with a unmanned aerial vehicle, then you're probably going to have more potential. But I think with the targeted applications, you have less. What are the different components to a drone used in agriculture, like the sensors, the lenses, the nozzles, like you mentioned? It's pretty interesting. You can buy these advanced drones off the shelf. And most of the companies that are using these things are buying these drones. They have like six motors. They can be very stable and they can also have a payload of a little under 50 pounds. And so that 50 pounds is an important limit for them because of the FAA. So the drones, there's nozzles on each of these arms underneath where the motors are. And so you have nozzles at these locations and the nozzles then have feed rate of liquid. So the feed rate of the solution with the pesticide, you can change your pesticide solution, the concentration in order to you know change your delivery. And then some of them have, there's actually booms for drones. And so you can have delivery out of a boom, or you can have it right off the arms that are holding the motors. So there's quite a few variables there and more things to study than we could study for sure. Great. Thank you. How common are drones in agriculture? That's a question that I don't know the answer to. I think that there's definitely the startup company here who funded the work has made it for years. And so that's a good sign that things are moving forward in a positive direction. Perfect. Thank you. And how do you see drones impacting the future of agriculture? I think that one of the main real advantages is the ability to not have as much potential for occupational exposure. If you design the pesticide to be handled as minimally as possible, and then you've got this drone is then taking the payload and going off and spraying this. And then assuming that you get the particle size correctly and you're spraying in a low wind situation, then I think that it has a high potential to work. Well, the other thing is that you can get it to go where you want it to and to do that pinpoint type of spraying. Some places might need lower coverage. Other ones might need higher. And so you can do all those adjustments on the fly. And I think that makes it really powerful. People's time becomes a little bit less incorporated into the equation. You can have this drone flying around and then come back, get new batteries fly out again or 
there's not the gas of a tractor, there's not the expense of a tractor, there's a lot of things that might be cut out there. Thank you, Dr. Peters, for sitting down and talking with us. Today, we cover topics such as pesticide application with drones, pesticide drift, and pesticide particle size. We learned about ideal conditions for pesticide application and the different components of drones. We have also linked to pesticide drift resources by state, as well as ways to reduce pesticide drift and runoff. After this episode, we will be taking a break, and then we will be back for season three of the Farm Safe podcast. We want to hear from you. Share your stories about health and safety issues on the farm, about injuries that have made you change the way you work, or about the ways you keep yourself and others safe on your farm. Also, let us know if there are any topics that you want to hear about on the air. You can visit our website at gpcah.org or email us. Original music for the Farm Safe podcast was written and performed by Ben Schmidt. This work was funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, part of the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health's Great Plains Center for Agricultural Health.